Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome into another episode of Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer, Frank Curry, and Kyle Powell. And we're here on WGR550.com on your on-demand audio. Thanks for listening to us, uh, despite my constant yelling. So, yeah, you know what? Let's just rip this Band-Aid off. It took one night, the first game, to go final. <laughs> the first game to go final for me to be dead-ass wrong about something. Pretty on-brand. Pretty on brand. Yeah. I give you credit. I give you kudos <laughs> for predicting a uh, NHL Stanley Cup playoffs sweep. It me, the guy that did not believe in the Columbus Blue Jackets. They very rarely happen. Although myself, I did pick a sweep for Calgary at the hands of Colorado. We'll see that tonight. Yes, but you at least weren't wrong by the end <laughs> of the first game played. So you have some buffer time. What a Someone s- already beat you to it. What a start to that game. I know. Are you starts like, the series, Tampa, playoffs in general? Now, real quick, Tampa falls down. No, no, Tampa's up three nothing and falls four to three to the Columbus Blue Jackets. That is laughable amounts of choking from a franchise that has, well, in recent times, done a lot of it. And it made me realize something last night after laughing at myself, and it's this: I'm going to laugh at the loser of this series, guaranteed. I either laugh at Yarmo for going all in and winning one game. Or however many, just losing in the first round, and in losing general. in the first round, and still never winning a playoff series. Or you more, get to laugh at the sixty-two win Tampa Bay Lightning for tying an NHL record in wins and losing in the first round. Exactly. There is going to be an epic amount of collapse and or people getting fired from this playoff series. That game gave me that reminder. Someone's getting fired. It's either Kekalainen. Or it's John Cooper. Because if you go 62 wins in first round of the playoffs and your team hasn't made the hasn't won a cup, but they made the cup final once in your coaching tenure, and you've had Stamkos and Kucherov and and now Vasilevsky and Hedman, and you've had all this talent and you can't get there, well, uh, you might have a problem, and they might go ahead and recognize that the status quo is not good enough. So, yes, John Cooper could get fired if he goes round one and out. I saw it a Eh, little bit differently. I doubt it. Last night, not so much the coaching firing, but I think the wake-up call in game one is going to give Tampa a kick in the ass. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's be honest. We saw a lot of them in the Atlantic division, and we watched them fly up the standings. Let's be honest. They've been on cruise control since January. Dude, in the first period, it looked like it wasn't even supposed to be a game. I understand that, and that's how it's been since – the entire season, they like, get it late. They can happened? they can hold on to it. They can cruise. Well, it's it's that it's that status quo. Even even though they were up three nothing, that was status quo for them. That's so messed up. It's not now they gotta. Yeah, it I is messed want, up. But uh, guess what? Tampa winning sixty two games this year messed up. Yes, like, they did. Their team this year they choked a three nothing lead. That's messing up. Like, <laughs> the, like their whole their whole season. Is I'll be just, honest. They I messed watch, up the entire league. I'll be this honest. Year. 
I didn't watch that game. I watched the first period, and they're up 3 nothing. I'm like, all right, this is a whitewash. Let's see uh, Pittsburgh and the Islanders. Great game, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, Fantastic game. Totally, like, not knowing that Tampa Bay had lost was totally worth it because that game had my undivided attention. And, you know, that's going to be a great series. I did pit the Penguins to win that series eventually, but it's going to be a great series. And did say Columbus was going to give Tampa a lot. Congrats. And so far they stole a game. Congrats. Stealing a, I mean, stealing a road game is huge. Yes, we officially have a series in Tampa, Columbus. So, nice job, Lightning. Let's see if you keep up that choker label. I think, though, I think though they got the wake-up call now. At game, two, game two, I believe, is uh, tomorrow night. It's, I, <laughs> Tampa's going to come out on fire. It is kind of hilarious, though, how that happened. Yeah. So, and with their former coach, too. Yeah. And their production will heighten, too. Yeah. Plus, yeah. you factor in the shell shock of the game one loss. You look at the players who were involved on their goals, too, in the first period. Alice Kalorn, short-handed goal, mm-hmm. completely on brand. Yep. Anthony Sorelli from Eric Chernak and JT Miller. Yanni Gord from Miguel Sergachev and Jan Ruta. Notice those names. I know oh, they have a lot of names. Not, not Stamkos. Not Kucherov. again. Not Johnson. Not points. Yeah. Oof. See what happens in game two. Yeah. Oh. You would expect the big they guns to show up. They still got three first period goals. Yeah. Dude, and had still. a chance to close that game down without their horses. How often do Stamkos and Kucherov not show up, though? In the postseason. It's got to be a question you have to ask. Like, this is an overreaction to game one, yes, but... They've been... It's it's definitely been uh, a talking point. It's fairly consistent enough that it has to For be brought Stamkos, up. For Stamkos, especially last year, it was more five-on-five scoring. It, any, mm-hmm. Most of the goals he was scoring they were last the year, they were, on the, yeah, they were on the power play. But yeah, no, this is... Uh, Another scary stat I saw, too. The t- the Lightning had a power play in like the second period or something like that, and they put up the team's totals on the man advantage this year. Nikita Kucherov had 48 points on the power play, which <sighs> means he had 80 points, five-on-five five or shorthanded, however many times he played down a man. That's 80 points, not on the power play. That puts him tied for 28th in the league this year. You just, just take away just his power in, play points. Just an even strength score. He's tied with Tyler Sagan at 80 flat. That's wacky. That's, ins- but, that's insane. All right, so two things. One, I'm on Twitter, and I see how gigantic Rob Brindamore's nose is. Ha. And two, he named Peter Mrazek as the game one starter against Washington. That doesn't surprise me. So he's been Mrazek has been playing fantastic lately. One of the main reasons why Carolina is in the playoffs, along with McElhaney early in the year, but Mrazek has been the hotter hand has of late. And the Hurricanes, one of three teams playing tonight. Did you guys manage to catch any of the games out west last night? Yes. I watched San Jose Vegas. Yes. And I also watched the end of Nashville Dallas. And the game I watched the least last night was St. Louis Winnipeg. Yeah. You do, by yeah. the way, in the middle. I will say yeah. this also though. Also because I was playing hockey too, yeah. so I really couldn't watch it. I will say this though. I knew I had something a, a bit of a feeling on Dallas. They're going to give Nashville a hard time. It's because of the fact that the Preds have not looked like last year's team. And a 29th ranked power play. Yeah. So, you know, Dallas managed to bring it as well in game one. So, this is going to get interesting. I I was a little surprised at how flat Vegas started out. That one's a little disappointing to me because I think Vegas has a chance to make a run. 
I think Winnipeg has a chance to make a run if they can actually get pucks past Jordan Bain- Bennington, but that's their challenge. All of those games, Benning- by the way. Bennington had a fantastic game. Of course he did, because that's what happens. Yeah. Four of those five games go back on schedule tomorrow night. Two notes from the Western games. One on Miro Heiskanen that I dug up that I heard in the broadcast. His two goals as a teenager marks him as the third teenage defenseman in NHL history to record a multi-goal effort in the playoffs. He joined that. Phil Housley in 1983 <laughs> and Glenn Wesley back in the 1988 wow. Stanley Cup Finals. Let's wow. get Dolly into the uh, playoffs next year, boys. Yeah. He can get it done. Let's go. I'd imagine uh, Riddich is going to get the start tonight in Calgary. Mm-hmm. By the way, I loved how... We actually have to give the NHL credit for something. What? They spaced out five games perfectly for the first night of the playoffs. Yeah, they did. For as much as we dump on the NHL and Gary Bettman and their stupid decisions, they did that right. Yeah. Which is disappointing because now tonight, 7, 7, 30, 10. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened there, guys? Well, you got to take what you can get. Well, I mean, it's kind of hard to bury an Eastern Conference team, especially yeah. in the East in Boston and Washington at eight o'clock, eight thirty. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to do that. Yeah, it's um, hard to do that. You had you had the advantage of and also Winnipeg having being in that Central Time Zone, and also well. having the other one being in Calgary. You have to that game has to start at ten. Oh yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like, there's no buffer in between seven thirty and ten. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's just based. So why'd you have to have both games like San, like St. Louis, Winnipeg, and Nashville, Dallas, you could have split those boys up. Well, I think I think in I think in that purposes. I think in that particular case they wanted as much as they can put in for the first night of the playoffs. Like Nashville, Dallas doesn't they, their game two is not till Saturday. Yeah, so it's fine. So because Friday because Friday's ske- schedule is Columbus, Tampa at seven, Pittsburgh Islanders at seven thirty, St. Louis, Winnipeg at nine thirty, and Vegas, San Jose at ten thirty. Yeah. So that make, uh, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it so it should sense. it should balance just, out a little. It will end up balancing out. They did. A they good always job, they do this every year though, where they always have five games on the first night. They did a good job with it. Yeah, they, they spaced it out very well. And this is a league that has some problems with uh, getting people to watch their game. <laughs> How much do you guys love hockey? I know you guys are both players. Yes. Okay. The answer is yes. yes. The answer is yes. yes. I'm, I'm you, wearing I'm wearing my Trey White Goalie Academy shirt along with my 11 day power play hat, and Frank's got Sabres, Sabres and Sabres on. Sabres gear. And Do you love it enough to lose your teeth for a playoff goal? Um, you're yes. talking to someone who actually has lost a tooth. Playing you're talking hockey. to somebody who's actually lost a tooth, and you yeah, can okay, see I'm looking that at both I don't have a tooth. Yeah, some, yeah, we've got some dental issues. Interesting yes. grins. So yes, yes. <laughs> We so do. I'm, sh- I'm sure I, you saw Joe Pavelski yes. last night. And yes, I mean, not you, the not the ideal way to score a goal. The snow shovelers were looking for his teeth during a media timeout. <laughs> like that's some heart. Oh, uh, it is. And then and he almost got a misconduct, arguing a penalty with that mask on his face <laughs> minutes after scoring the goal. What a wacky game that was. The second period, there were so yeah. many offsetting penalties that eventually we had three-on-three hockey in there regulation. Carlson, yeah, refs, and Burns, Carlson and Burns combined on a goal on three-on-three hockey in the middle of the second Which period. Which is kind of funny because in the first period of Tampa Bay and Columbus, Frank and I are watching it, and Josh Anderson at the blue line goes flying because of someone's stick. 
And the first comment that is made after the question is asked, how is that not tripping? The first answer is playoff hockey. And yet Vegas, San Jose, the refs called everything, it seemed. They called, like, they're probably getting a call from the league, that crew, tonight, and they're saying, you guys are going to dial it back, right? <laughs> it's playoff hockey. <laughs> but that's kind of, like, it's kind of cool, though, that you got to see that in the postseason. I know. Of yeah, all places. it was. So San Jose fans got a, got a treat in the arena last night. Yeah, man, they got some weapons. And they've withstood their poor goaltending all year, and it was on brand last night. Yeah. Five goals. With those units, carving up Mark Andre Fleury, not easy to do in the postseason. Good start for San Jose. We gotta wonder if uh, he was overused throughout the regular season. Now you'd probably think so, because their backup situation turned bad. Like Malcolm Subban was looking like a promising candidate to take the job from Fleury eventually, and this year he just his play fell off a cliff. And they've just been using Flurry and using Flurry and using Flurry to the point where they might have broken him beyond repair for the rest of the season. Yeah, they were in the same situation last year. I'd have to look up some of their. Uh, Maxime Lagasse made some appearances last year in the regular season for Vegas. Yeah, because oh of injuries. Well, yeah, because like, they lo- they were losing. Goals they had so many yeah. injuries. That's how deep they were. Yeah, and they had to call to up credit. a kid from the WHL. Give him credit fixing the offense and adding to it, su- supplementing with Max Pacioretty. Yeah. And whatnot up front, and Mark Stone at the deadline, but backup goalies mean a lot. You can see the runs they can take good, you, you on. You do need two good goalies. Yeah, you uh, need at least one. Rozick and, and McElhaney, Smith and Riddick. Smith You're and seeing Riddick, a lot of yeah. tandems going into the playoffs. Leonard and Grice were the best duo in hockey. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh had Flurry and Matt Murray. And I got Murray into Smith, who's all right, serviceable, but yeah, it gives you an backup. option. He's a backup. It's just kind of Flurry out on an island. Even Boston's got Rask and Halak. Halak's had a great year. Yeah, yeah. You're starting to see teams go go in that direction, and I mean, even the Sabers ha- are doing that right now with Hutton and Olmark. They just their plays got their play just tailed off. That's all. But Sabers are going in that direction too. But yeah, a lot. That's what a lot of teams are doing. And look at even the Lightning. I mean, they were on a different story. They were, like I said, they've they're, been cruising they're since January. They're a different story with that. With they played Vasilevsky. the Sabres five times, and they faced yeah. Louis Domingue four of them. Yeah. But Louis Domingue's numbers aren't also eye-popping. He was just winning. He just got wins. That's about it. The actual, his save percentage, I think, is like in the low 900s. So he was, you know, they easily could have replaced him if they wanted to. How about this, too? Road teams last night to kick off the Stanley Cup playoffs with a winning percentage, 3-2. and two. Calgary wins in Tampa – or Columbus wins in Tampa. Yeah. St. Louis wins out in Winnipeg in the whiteout, and Dallas stuns Nashville in game one. And had Pittsburgh won an OT, you're talking 4-1. and one. The Islanders win in Nassau to secure home ice in game one, and the Sharks defend the tank. That's it, 3-2. and two. Was Islanders Penguins the best game of the night? I enjoyed it so much. It was. I really think it was. And that series is going to be nasty. <laughs> the tweet from Joe DiBiase right at the end there. Matthew Barzal is game time. Like he's like he's that kind of, like he he's is. a money man. He is. That he said, absolutely is. It was the most interesting game, but it got off to the most droll start. Yeah, the upside challenge. Twenty 30, seconds. In. Thirty-three seconds, and the Islanders appear to score a goal when Thomas Thomas Kunakel, of all people, dances between four Penguins 
and fires one past Matt Murray. He looked shocked that he scored that goal. Turns out he was right. Because Matt, first off, Matt Martin was very lazy getting back on the change, which causes the offsides and as a whole. But you even see it on the reverse angle. It's like, they're going to look at that. Because you can see how bad it is. The linesman doesn't see that, though, because there's four Penguins bodies that Kunakul is currently in the process of deking around that blocks his vision from seeing Matt Martin being offsides. So, lazy play by Martin. And by God, if that was the Sabres, the way that they were defending Kunakul there, let's just say they would have been ripped to smithereens. <laughs> hey, man, Tom, oh. give, give Kunakul credit. He scored a goal from the seat of his pants this year. Yes, but what I'm saying, though, is <laughs> it was very lazily yeah. defended. Like, even Sidney Crosby didn't do enough, I thought, in trying to defend that play from happening. And then you see it reverse, and you think it's going to take the wind out of the sails, and what, a minute and five seconds later, Jordan Eberle beats Murray Feifel anyway? Exactly. It's just like one of those things where if Matt and Martin skates a little bit faster back to the bench, they're up 2 nothing. Yep. Um, right. Like two minutes into this game. And it could have been just whitewash city there. It is imperative that New York comes out with another win in game two because going to the middle three games back over to PPG, you want to have as much of a gap – in the series lead as you possibly can over Pittsburgh because you know what they're like at home in the playoffs. Yeah, they're good. At, they're solid at home in the playoffs. You better get something here. You better establish your presence at home in Nassau, which, by the way, it's a shame yeah. if they advance that they don't get to keep playing in Nassau. Yep. That's so stupid. Very stupid. All right, so three games tonight. Toronto-Boston, Carolina-Washington, Colorado-Calgary to finish off game ones of the first round. I don't know why, but I've just got a bad feeling about Toronto. Yeah. I feel like that things are just not going to go their way. Because they fumbled and stumbled to get here. Not just that, but because Boston seems to also have their number. Yeah. It seems back to the, the Kessel days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It really is just one of those things the, where I'm not, I'm not liking it for the Toronto Maple Leafs. The biggest difference, I think, in the that old that and the second best team in the standings is hosting you in game one. The biggest difference, though, with Toronto Boston, and it'll, it'll likely be apparent throughout the series, which is what I think will make it a deep series. Toronto has the better depth scoring than Boston does. Boston has primarily been a one line team this whole year with. Bergeron, Pasternak, and Marshan. And Pasternak's fresh, boys. He's and and yeah, he's mm-hmm. fresh. Marshan's fresh. Now, Boston helped a little bit with that by getting Charlie Coyle at the deadline, but he hasn't been great. And they also added Marcus Johansson at the deadline too, and he's been better. I think I think Johansson can have a really good series. So it's really going to come down to if Boston can get their depth scoring there, just good. It just has to be good enough. They'll win the series. They're a better defensive team than Toronto is, and I think Rask is out out to prove something too in this postseason run because he's been getting a lot of criticism this year in Boston for reasons I don't know. I thought he's had a good year, but. Apparently, to a lot of people in 
with the Bruins, fan, fans of the Bruins, or Bruins media, they think he has not been good this year, and he should be better. <laughs> Just because I think his save percentage has I been hate, lower than what it normally is. I hate how entitled I hate, fans are. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, it sucks so much. Right? But if Rass does struggle, that's why they have Halak. If Anderson struggles, who are they go? Who is the Leafs going to? Or if he gets hurt, Michael Hutchinson. Yeah, that's you're done if that's the case. Oh yeah, if Anderson, if has Anderson, problems, if Anderson Toronto's has, dead. Yeah, they're dead. If Anderson's not even in peak performance, they are dead. Yeah, Anderson has to be probably the best player for the Leafs for them to advance. Yes, I absolutely. Absolutely. And he's shown that he can do that. Hell, last season. He's shown that he can do it. The problem is, is he still plays way too many games. Yeah. And we just talked about Flurry and Freddie Anderson, especially this year with them yeah. not being able to find a competent backup. Man, they, they might have some problems here. And Anderson was up to the task last year against Boston, turning it into a 7 He's been up series. to the task since he got to Toronto. It's just been. Yeah. Even when they try to make the team better, it seems to be the similar similar mistakes that are happening. All right. So I'm going to divert from sports for a second here. Yes. Forgive me. But this was something I was on with uh, – I was covering for Brayton last week when this when this conversation came up about, uh, about Avengers Endgame and how that's looking like it's going to be three hours or something. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. And – Jeremy and I are discussing it, like, you know, you're going to go see it? Yeah, just not right away, you know, something like that. And part of that was, you know, if it's going to be three hours, we got to, you know, prepare the bladder. You know, make sure that, you know, you find a safe, safe time in order to uh, go to the bathroom if you have to. I'm sorry, but if you're at a movie theater, I'm getting a liter of cola, and it's going down the gullet. Kyle's just shaking his head at me right now, and I'm feeling judged. No willpower. (laughs) I have willpower. I'm still drinking an entire liter of cola. Uh Uh-huh. Physics happens. (laughs) But part of Jeremy and I's thought, though, was not going right away. Scout it out. Get a scout team. Get your friends that go and go, hey, is there a good time to go to the bathroom at this movie? Just in case. Be able to plan for that sort of thing. Also, sometimes you're not alone. Or, sometimes you're interrupted because someone walks in front of you because they have to go to the bathroom. It's not all about me and my bladder, Kyle. It's not about me. It's going to be. It's gonna happen to you, too, where someone's just going to walk in front of you because they drank a liter of cola and they don't have willpower. <laughs> Here's the thing, Derek. It's not a sign. So, this is Avengers Endgame. I just, you do not take a bathroom break. I just, I just read this. They won't have an intermission. Duh. Duh. And Kevin Feige says you will not find a good time to run out to the bathroom. Shocking. Better prepare that mental toughness there. Yep. I'm going to be fine. I'm just going to wait for the dip ass that walks in front of me and I'm going to hate them and judge them. Or you're just not Just like how you just stared at me judging me when I didn't get to my point yet. I thought you were about to go onto a tangent saying you are one of those people that can't hold their drinks for the two hours of the movie, and I was going to shame you. Bitch, my parents made me watch Lord of the Rings. Yeah, just don't go to the bathroom. That's yeah. just wrong for many reasons. <laughs> I've never seen one of those films. But guess what? Those films do have a purpose. They train purpose? you in the holding of your bladder. 
<laughs> or you could just especially drive. the last one where there were 14 different freaking endings it's like when's this movie gonna end we get it the middle earth was saved okay <laughs> you could just drive to and from college multiple times in a year and not go to the bathroom on the exactly, road exactly like that's called training no i've 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 my bladder has been well, sealed for these really sorts had of to things. do that what's that we've never really had to do that but i but you're definitely right Six and a half hours. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a humble brag when you can go ahead and make it down to uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, in fourteen hours. Why? Minimal bathroom breaks for the entire party. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So, like I said, humble brag, weird flex, but okay. But some people aren't like that, and those people are going to walk in front of you, and you're going to be pissed. What if you miss something? Some small, minute detail. Yeah! Can't wait for Endgame to come out. Exactly. It's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. Two weeks. And apparently, the Run P app will be rendered useless. The Run P app? That's a thing now? Yes. It figures out what part in movies is safe to go run to the bathroom. (laughs) This is just the worst conversation. <laughs> Kyle, welcome to 2019. This is and just, welcome to the Leftovers Podcast. This was this something that was discussed on a Wednesday on Howard and Jeremy, and something about it came up again. So I had to go I had to go through it. It's fantastic. I'm not sorry for this. It's 2019. <laughs> I'm not surprised that that kind of app exists. Oh, of course. There's, an, there's literally an app for everything. Yeah. It's just I'm with Kyle on this. Oh, it's definitely done. Hold yeah. it in. Yeah. It's Endgame. Yeah. Get it right. Yeah. Sucker. They or- filmed that in one sitting. You think they peed? <laughs> I mean, probably. No, that was a three-hour production. They went That's to not the studio That's not a three-hour production. <laughs> no, that, that, was a- one, that was one take. <laughs> they did this that film movie, in one take. This whole movie was one take. Like, you people think actually to died, pee? too? People actually died. <laughs> you think they were thinking about peeing? An well, hour and ten minutes in. You know what the people Eventually, who were thinking. Yes. You know what the people who were thinking <laughs> well, about when peeing, they died. They, they died. Actually, hang on. In those three hours, did they drink a liter of cola? Well, that maybe that's why they died. Maybe, <laughs> maybe maybe it was off script and they asked to die so they could pee. And you know what? They are the weak ones. Oh wow! Damn, Kyle just dropping. Wow. So like I, I I'm with you, Kyle, but I'm not this extreme. So those who survive Endgame <laughs> are my new favorite characters. Because they didn't pee. Because they didn't pee, and I didn't pee either, and in their honor. Well, when we so, go, when I we tip go, my. When we all go see it. <laughs> we'll see who who are their survivors. That's right, and they will be my friends. Yes, those friends of forever. you that those of you that are weak and go in your, in your three hour production here of watching Endgame, and you step in my way. Well, Thanos was right. <laughs> Let's get back to sports. <laughs> so we'll stick on hockey real quick. As the Frozen Four is tonight, semifinals, down at KeyBank Center. And I'm kind of excited for that. Providence, Minnesota Duluth opens it up at 5 o'clock. And that's the one that's got the Sabres connections for you. Jacob Bryson. And Garden Gloves, Ron Ralston. Yes, I make you cringe. You are welcome. He doesn't count. No, he does. It happened. That was a thing. No, but he's not the important Sabres thing. It's Bryson. You come. 
you're I'm you're not gonna saying watch he's prob- not the gonna, important one. I know what I am saying. I don't want to even acknowledge that he's there. What I am saying is that that was a thing. I know it's a thing. He's here. Don't care. <laughs> and then following that is UMass Denver afterwards. And Which um, the whole reason for Tom McClellan being in Buffalo. His son, Tyson, plays for Denver. Oh, yes, that's right. Todd McClellan. I'm not going to. Which is the whole reason for him being here in Buffalo and him meeting with the Sabres, I believe, yesterday. That was a report, and since then I have not heard much. Yesterday was pretty dry after Pierre Lebrun from TSN Honestly, yeah. reported in the morning that he was potentially meeting with the team. Nothing really came the rest of the afternoon. I mean, I'm not shocked. I think the most important thing right now for Todd McClellan is to see his son play in hockey. Yeah, yeah. Tyson was interviewed about his father being a candidate for, for the Sabres. Nice. And Tyson said, I'm here for Denver hockey, not for my father. Come on. It's not, yeah. What? <laughs> Who, Who the hell that? asked him that? Who did that? Who did it? Who did it? Who done messenger. it? If that was Paul, I would be very disappointed in you, Paul. I don't think it was Paul. I don't think it was Paul. Paul wouldn't say that. Paul wouldn't do that. Yeah. Paul knows that the answer is not going to be there. Some respect on Paul's name. Of course. Well, yeah, okay. But, no, no, I'll leave that to Howard. Howard always does better with the shots at Paul anyway. <laughs> or Rob. Got to leave it to the professionals if you're going to put a, put a mark on Paul's name, right? That's right. Otherwise, don't try it. So, you know, it's like these games, though, they're going to be fun. If you're going down there, make sure you make the most of it. Um, if you buy tickets, I do believe it's for both games, right? Yes. So, you know, you get not one but two games of hockey, um, probably for the price of one. Congratulations. And... You know, it's gonna be an in, it's gonna be a fun one. I think Providence and Jacob Bryson and Garden Gloves get to the final. We'll I watched see. I watched their I watched their games as they were going through the tournament and uh they fell behind three nothing and won six to three. They fell behind three nothing in the first period eleven minutes in. And they cleaned it. To win six to three, so they're the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yes. Wow. I guess so. Good work, Ron Rolston. Thank you. Your garden gloves are still very stupid. <laughs> Who does that? Who wears gardening gloves? Gardeners. Yeah. No bleep, Kyle. Really? I would have never thought. <laughs> Gardeners and fathers. They have a tough task, though. Minnesota is really good, and they're the defending champs. Yes, I. I hope that they kick it off though with something something solid here. Oh, these are going to be great games. They all. I would hope these two games tonight, and then the final game on Saturday is going to be fantastic. They always are. High pay. They're going to be very high paced, back and forth action. Probably not a lot of whistles. Playoff hockey. It's playoff hockey, man. Unless you're in San Jose. Yeah. <laughs> but then you Denver. I think Denver, Minnesota, or Denver, Massachusetts is going to be the better, going to be the the better game with Denver just being so good already, and Mass, Massachusetts having a having a fantastic year, one of their best years in a long time, 
And they probably have the guy who's going to win the Hobie Baker this year in Kel McCarr. That's right. Kel McCarr is there. So that's another guy you want that you want to go and watch. You know what? I just feel like I want it. I want the Sabres pick to succeed. Yes. So I'm going to make myself a uh, Providence fan for this uh, for this evening and this weekend. That is fair. Which is probably your kiss of death, Providence. I'm sorry. Seeing as how thank you for Jacob, thank you for Jacob Bryson. Thank you for Jacob Bryson, and um, <laughs> sorry I just picked you to basically lose because I once again picked a sweep for the Columbus Blue Jackets, and they came back from a three nothing deficit <laughs> in game one to shut me up. I guess that's what I get for actually tweeting out the name Dumbus for them, huh? Yeah. Oh well. So. John Rosen, who is, uh, he works for uh, at, for Fox Sports West. So he's not related to Josh Rosen. No, he works for the Kings. He covers the Kings. Okay. He just tweeted, "No update on Tom McClellan. I'm told Buffalo's talking internally, doing their work. LA also still very much in the mix." All right. So. Kyle, you're going to hate me for this. Okay. Umpires are the worst officials, and it's not even close. Would you see the dog? Yes. You see, you saw the dog video. I saw, I the, saw bat the dog video. I too. saw the bat dog. Well, he got his booze. He learned. Did bat he? dogs are so fun. Did he? Did he learn? Well, you hope so. Umpires are the worst. They're the worst for many other reasons that we don't have to get into. I'm sure throwing a bat away from a dog is. Is tame compared not to what they do? One. Yes, but. They always got to make it about them. That's true. Look up Ron Culpa. I don't think I need to. What he did in an Astros Rangers game no more than four days ago. Oh, dear God. This what is happened? recent. <laughs> uh, he, long story short, basically took out a vendetta against the Astros, called a bad strike, and was basically eyeing the dugout the rest of the inning, looking for someone to throw out. Pitch or two later, he ended up throwing somebody out randomly on the bench. A.J. Hinch was awry. And, yeah, it was not a good scene. Tough scene in uh, in Arlington. Why did he? Oh, dear God, he called that a strike. Oh, you oh. found it? Yes. Yeah. I need to see a video. <laughs> the only thing lowers my win percentage in Tampa Bay, Columbus. This is terrible. Look at this pitch. I'm looking at this thing. It goes down, low, strike. What? Maybe Even the the what the hell? <laughs> Don't know what the uh, motive was. And he says, and one of the quotes he says, as I'm reading about, reading more about this, is, "I can do whatever I want." Mm -hmm. Umpires, once again, are the worst. (laughs) Dude, dude, bar league refs that don't get out of the way in time are far better than that. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my god! Oh my god! But yes, that and some jackass throws away a bat from a dog. Dog was happy. He got to play more fetch. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't think that's what the I don't think that's what the ump was intending for there. No, but the problem is with umpires is you only see them when they fail, that's or the when they goes without any or when they want to make something of themselves and go on a power trip. Right, but that's how often do you see that with NFL officials? As it's much not as the consensus. It's not the populace of umpires. I mean, you don't see them in their good times because they're. Relied upon they're just part of the game. Right. Well, when that's they're right, you don't what see it's it. supposed. That's what it's. Headlines, but that's also I mean, what it's guess, supposed to be. I guess what I'm saying is, 
Ego and power trip wise, they are easily the worst. Yeah, I think so. You don't want you never you see don't NHL want them, officials go on a power trip. You don't want them to be noticed. It's it's They're, it's, it's dependent on who you're working with. Yeah, I know guys it always reputations. is. I mean, I yeah, I'm 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 biased. I didn't always treat umpires with respect, and I should have. I played baseball for 17 years, but I came from a family of umpires. My grandfather's been doing it for <laughs> so I. I see things a little bit differently than you guys. My grandfather's been doing it for decades. My father had a time in it. My uncle did. Like, I find it hard to side with that all the time. I have a soft spot for that because it's been in my family. Um, so I can. But as a player, you know you said some things. I have, and I've regretted it because <laughs> uh. there's been times where my grandfather's been in the stands and I've gone off on an umpire on a ball strike call and. That's all I can think about the rest of the game. Next thing you know, Easter dinner gets a little awkward. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> no, just dinner that yeah. night. What'd you, what'd you say to that hump, Kyle? <laughs> they, they heard it. Believe me, they can hear it. <laughs> no, the, 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 that's the question where they test you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a trap. Don't answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Bat Dog, that was, that was a tough scene. Yeah, I've dealt with some bad um, umps, too, when I played. Oh, Yes. But, like, yeah, it's just one of those things where, like, I see that sort of thing, and I just had to bring it up. So, all right. I guess what I'm doing is I'm stalling. Or you're segueing. No, I, I was stalling. Stalling for what? I don't. I don't know much on the Masters. Oh, honestly, well, we, we could stick with. Well, we honestly, stick with we should have just called. Uh, what? I have baseball ups and downs. I can talk with Frank. You can. All chime right, in a little all right. Bit. That's yeah. fine. We can do some baseball ups and downs. I've got three ups and three downs around the league. Why is Seattle good? That's my up. You're stealing my thunder. Good. You're one for one. Yes. Yeah, there you go. A thousand. Look at look at Derek. Put you in the hall he of knows baseball. Unlike my Tampa pick. <laughs> Tampa's two. You're two for two. Great. Look at that. Do my segment. What's the third one? Uh pudding. Yeah. We <laughs> okay, close. now he's just not trying. <laughs> we were close. Yeah, my MLB up. Number one, Seattle, twelve and two. What the hell? Home run in all 14 games. Ties Jeez. a major league record with the 2002 Jim Tomey-led Cleveland Indians. For wow. you backyard baseball fans out noise, there. Noise, noise. A home run today sets the major league record, should the team do it. 15 straight games to start a season with a home run. They face Kansas City at 115 in Kauffman Stadium. So, so history could be made in a couple minutes. as early as a half hour. As of this recording. Yes. Um, question. Do you have a favorite for who could be that guy to break the record for Seattle? Wow. Let me think. I will go with the record-setting home run in the 15th game for the Mariners will come off the bat of Domingo Santana. All right. Neat. And do you actually think it happens? I gave you the player most likely, but now I'm going to ask, do you think it happens? I think so. They brought it down to the wire last night. It was a tied game in the top of the ninth. Five oh, to great five. time to put Two it outs. Up. Two outs. They were down <laughs> to their last out. Had Casey walked it off. Mitch Hanniger homers to right field, which is not easy to do in Kansas City. And the streak lived on. All right. So, Seattle at 12-2. and two. They have a history of... Not bringing it all the way to the end. You don't have the longest playoff drought in the MLB for no reason. That's correct. They have the. They now have the longest playoff drought in North American sports. <laughs> yes, they do. Take it, nerds. Yeah, 
Yes, they do. Well, they're twelve and two right now, so I don't know if they're really caring about that. Okay, let's let's be real. It's still April baseball. Yes, I, twelve yes. and two. Yes, they're starting out fantastic. Say, and that's good for them. They yes, needed that. Seattle. Here's your reminder from Buffalo: Don't count your chickens before they hatch. Signed, Sabres fans. Mets fans will tell you the same thing. Because didn't they start out like twelve and one last year? Twelve and two. Twelve and two as don't well. Don't say that too loud. Howard will pounce on you. The Mets had a weird inning last night. This isn't part of the ups and downs, but they had a f- oh boy, it might have been the fifth inning. They batted around and had one hit. Wait, what? What? Marlins, That's a lot of walks. Marlins pitching. <laughs> that explains enough. Yeah. Walk, Even I know that. They walked or hit oh. seven or eight of the of the batters. There was a sacrifice fly and one Wilson Ramos single. Wow. <laughs> Good work, Miami. Good for you. Good for MLB you, up Mets. number two. Yes, the Tampa Bay Rays. 10-3, and three, taking advantage of the struggling Red Sox and injury-filled New York Yankees in the AL East. Tampa Bay, through 13 games, is pitching to a 1.98 team ERA. That's, um, the latest that's suspect, well. Tyler Glasnow, yesterday in Chicago. Six scoreless innings, 11 strikeouts, throwing 97-mile-an-hour cutters <laughs> from the depths of hell. Get, get on a 30 out. degree day from in the jet out yeah they're one of those teams where heading into the year they're looked as like they could be sneaky good Adam was they had a 91 year last last season nobody thought they were gonna do that so yeah there's a lot there's some hope for the rays this year yeah, all good, right good for them they were a wild card pick of mine before the season now i'm actually gonna try okay up number three Without it's, knowing, it's a player. It's not a team. Without Oh, God, that's going to be a lot harder for me now. So you think 25 men to a roster, 30 teams, you have a what? One in not good chance. chance. Mm. And also not knowing much about current rosters on the teams. Um, yeah, I'm just going to stick to my other answer of pudding. <laughs> I'm good. I'm not going to try here. I'm I wonder. Gonna, you I'm might be right. With, I don't know about Whit Merrifield's diet, but he might eat pudding. <laughs> Yeah, Whit Merrifield from the Kansas City Royals, dating back to last season, has a 31-game hitting streak. So a lot of uh, intrigue with this Seattle-Kansas City game, huh? Yeah, Whit Merrifield could go to 32 and extend his franchise record. He broke the record last night of the Royals' hit streak record. It was George Brett in 1980 who hit for 30 straight games. Anytime you pass George Brett in the record book, you're doing something right. Yep. And, yeah, he did it in cool fashion. The Royals are throwing it back to, like, the 80s this year. Terrence Gore, Raul Adalberto Mondesi, Billy Hamilton, and Whit Merrifield, they all have a chance to steal 30 bags if they play consistently wow. enough in the lineup. Some of them wow. 40, potentially 50 for a guy like Merrifield. He's led the league in steals once or twice. But, yeah, in the seventh inning, he's 0 for 3. Runner on third. Tying run on third. See how much. Uh, he drops a bunt. See how, yeah. Ooh. RBI bunt single. Wow, nice. Three See how much all that holds up. I know Kansas City is up to a slow start, two and nine, start the year. They're yeah. at the least, they'll be fun. Yeah, I tr- they're I fun. Them to all, like the Reds, like they made some moves. The yeah, Reds bring in Yasiel Puig. At the least, if they're yeah. not competitive, there's going to be some fun baseball. Yeah. Okay, you're three downs. Th- I know one of them. Three I'm probably going to guess Boston is one of them. Downs. Boston is part of one of them. But I'll start off with this: Nick Pavetta who was a league-wide candidate to be a breakout starting pitcher for the Phillies, is so far pitching to a 9.45 earned run average through three starts. The Phillies just lost 15-1 to in Citizens Bank Park last night to the Washington Nationals. 
with Pavetta on the mound. He oh, allowed you must seven be runs in less than four innings. You must, a, you must be happy. It was a bloodbath. So that's not good. No. Hashtag breakout Pavetta not off to a great start for I know, the Titans. I know the other. I know another down. Oh, I think Chris I, Davis. Yes, Chris Davis. Yeah, I feel bad doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I really did, but it is. Is he talk- still over for the season? It is a talking point. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. He uh, he flew out to center field late in a ten three <laughs> loss last night in a pinch hit appearance, which extended his hitless at bat total to fifty. And his hitless plate appearance total to 75, factoring in walks, sacrifice flies. It's up to 57. I did some research. Yes, you're right. This year he has started 0 for 29, which means he ended last season on an 0 for 29 slide, or 0 for 21 slide, excuse me. His last hit. Isn't Chris Davis supposed to be good? Well, the contract would tell you otherwise. Yeah. His last regular season hit September 14th, 2018. He went one for four against the Chicago White Sox. Please go a whole year. 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 I'm a terrible person. Yeah, I remember (laughs) the 2013 season, him starting off and setting the world on fire, hit a home run and four to – Straight games to start the year, capped it off with the Grand Slam against Minnesota en route to a Orioles franchise record, 53 homers. He has hit 47 homers in a season since then, but it has been an uphill battle for Crush Davis. Been tough times. He is, when you hit 168 is, and your contract is 161 be, yeah. over seven years, it's tough sledding. So he, I don't I – don't, <laughs> I don't hope this goes on much longer. I hope he just bunts and beats a shift sometime and gets off the perennial <laughs> schneid. But that yeah, sounds like it's f- got to be the way to do it. Zero for fifty is like John Lester status at the plate. Like you feel for the guy. That's tough. But uh, down number three is a combination of three teams through what two and a half weeks of the season and almost into week three. Uh, the Cubs, the Red Sox, the Yankees, and the Colorado Rockies. Those four teams yeah. are Frank, a combined. No. <laughs> those four He's franchises right. in the 2019 are a combined 14 and 33. Yeah. Through their 47 total games, good for a win percentage of 298. Well, the Rockies, I just think, have not been hitting. No, they haven't. The Yankees um, have a significant injury problem that they will eventually get over. But Miguel Andujar is potentially done for the season. Giancarlo Stanton still out of the lineup. D.D. Gregorius, Tommy John surgery. Your replacement for D.D. Gregorius, Troy Tulowitzki, out with a calf strain. The list goes on and on. Dang. Tough sledding for the Bombers. Um, and I don't feel bad for them. <laughs> I don't really have a say. The Red Sox, I mean, Chris Sale throwing 88 miles an hour. Not a good start. Not a good sign. He's supposed to be your horse. And the Cubs, I kind of envisioned this. Not a 3-8 and eight start, but I was low on them in my preseason picks. I picked them to miss the postseason. Their back end of the rotation, their rotation as a whole worries me. The back end of the bullpen is very frightening. And, Frank, you and I talked about this in our, our preseason preview. You like the lineup, and I do too. But if, you're gonna, if you have to outslug your rotation and your pitching staff for an entire 162, it's going to be tough sledding. Yeah, it is. So with that, 
There's I'm just my looking at week I'm, three ups and downs. I'm looking at the Rocky stats right now. I'm just it just makes me sad. Is Arenado homered yet? No. Neither has Blackman. Ooh. Yeah. Give you Trevor Story is four home runs. But. Kyle's Kyle's baseball ups and downs brought to you by my pinky. <laughs> it's my pinky. <laughs> Arenado's batting 277, Blackman's batting 273, which it's isn't bad, but it's low for them. Mm-hmm. They're both they're both usually good for three batting 300. <sighs> Trevor Story is batting 209 despite having four home runs. Well, we'll see what happens. The Dodgers Ugh. are white hot. Cody yeah. Bellinger, great hot commodity in and MLB 19 Diamond Dynasty. Get that card while it's hot. <laughs> really, <laughs> you just went there. I got two of them. Oh if he goes God. diamond, I'm making some stubs. Let's oh go. My God, <laughs> I got Ronald Acuna stashed too. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. That just happened. That just so- happened. I- I'm sorry, everyone. That just happened. Um, crap. Hey, I mean the Masters is going on right now. No, not that. Crap. Bills aren't going to get T.J. Hawkinson. No? No. No? What say you that? Why? Because Mel Kuyper mocked it. Oh. <laughs> well, damn it. It's a good run. It was fun while it lasted. The idea was there. No um, fun. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess, but... uh, <laughs> Dang it. So, Mel Kuyper had... The Bills in a three-round mock draft, 9, 40, and 74. The picks were TJ Hawkinson and Keel Harry, the wide receiver out of Arizona State, and then defensive end Jalen Ferguson out of Louisiana Tech. Kuyper, though, is in the premise of continuing to get weapons offensively for this team, which is something that I suspect that the Bills are not done doing. I could really see them taking a tight end at 9, Hawkinson and Font are kind of a coin flip for me. So I mockingly go ahead and get angry about the fact that uh, he's mocked in Mel Kuyper's draft because, well, also it's mock drafts. Nobody's ever accurate, not just Mel Kuyper. So I've, I've learned that the hard way at this point. So why do we do them? For, they're fun. Because they're fun. And they make your brain explode when you try to do them. He's not wrong. God, I mean, last year my brain was ready to melt about all the stupid combinations, and then my final mock draft had the Bills trading up to seven, and I got blasted in the comments. It was bad, hilariously bad. So, (laughs) well, he was wearing a Philly shirt. Yes, I didn't think he was a fan of baseball. Well, when you go to Philly to go to a baseball game. It's right to rock the attire. It's true, and he's got to throw back Chase Utley. Good for him. Yes. So, so yeah, no, last year it was like I got destroyed for the Bills going up to pick seven and not losing their first-round pick. I got almost all of the aspects right except for one small detail, the Josh. Mm. <laughs> but Allen yeah. played well enough that, you know, it's okay. I was mad a year ago. I'm not mad anymore. I'm excited for this draft to come up. All right, guys, Masters. I was stalling. Rory McIlroy is the uh, betting favorite at seven to one. I'm not buying it. Why not? Is he not wearing the right colored shirt for you? 
No, it's just that Rory's very inconsistent. Remember when he was supposed to be hyped up as the next Tiger when Tiger got into that Thanksgiving fiasco? Yeah. Of too much getting it. Yeah, Rory was hyped up bef- before it, but yeah, he yeah, he never lived up to those expectations and it's hard to. That's it, golf is hard. Go, yeah, golf is hard and it's hard to live up live up to that. To it's hard Tiger. To live to that, but like he hasn't even really been consistent like as a threat every year. It varies. Like there's yeah. some like there's a couple years where there's yeah, some you, you don't think he, he's going to he do it, but cut. then yeah, but then and then and then one year where he he plays like one of the best players in the world. Honestly, I'm going to do something here. I'm going to make a pick. I'm going to take someone at 16 to 1 odds. That's good for fifth best as my master's pick. I'm going to go with Jordan Spieth. Ooh, that's a uh, I mean, it's Jordan Spieth. The name alone is fine. He's just had a really bad start to this actual golf season. He is a man of majors, though. He is. He is. I'm also making a fairly uneducated guess. I'm going to go with the favorite name mm-hmm. I find on this. <laughs> so you have no idea what you're doing. There's some fun names. Tiger Woods, by the way, 14-1 to 1 betting odds. Brooks Kepka at 25-1. to 1. Phil, 40-1. to 1. I think a guy you want to look out for is Tommy Fleetwood. Yes, probably a good idea. 21, 20 to 1 odds there. Um, just He's, because I see the name, Nate Geary's favorite, Jason Day, 25 to 1. Hmm. Yeah, no, uh, I know Brian is big on uh, Justin Thomas. Yeah. 16 to 1 odds as well for him. So, no, I you know what? It should be fun. Let's see what happens there. And uh, by the way, this is for my boys. Uh, make sure you turn in to Tita Green on Saturday morning at 7 a.m. It's a two-hour show this week for the boys, for Brian, Kevin Sylvester, and PGA Pro Jeff Medis. So 7 to 9 a.m. on Saturday. You're welcome, guys. Couple I others. never stop working for y'all. couple others you want to keep note of. Justin Rose, uh, Dustin Johnson, obviously. He's the world's number one. And Bryson DeChambeau. I found right. who I want to vote for. Who is it? Who I want to follow. What do you got? Who's your pick? <laughs> the Barn Rat. Kiradek F a Barn Rat. Okay, he is not really. I'm at least trying here. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I found the I found I'm it. at least trying. <laughs> what the hell he is, is that name? He is who I am going with. Who the hell is that? He seems to have just teed off within the last 10 minutes. So, in fairness, <laughs> he has a fresh slate. I was going to go with Corey Connor because he had the lowest score right now at a minus three. But after Barn Rat is fresh on the green, so he is he is my pick to click. Dude, he's not even on the list for people to bet on. Well, <laughs> all the better odds. It's true. It'd be me and his mom. Me and his mom. <laughs> there you go. Kyle's pick is... Uh... A barn rat. Frank, did you make a pick? Because you just threw out names to look out for. Fleetwood. Fleetwood would be oh, my yeah. pick. All right, so but I'm Frank's saying, picking but I, Fleetwood, I'm going Spieth. And Kyle's not relevant to the topic of conversation. Yeah. 
I'm just also naming guys who to look out who to look out for that you could pick. All right. Real quick before we head out. Sierra Dillard. Congrats to her. First UB women basketball player to be drafted. First UB player to be drafted, basketball wise? Maybe. Have to I'm gonna, I'm gonna validate I'm gonna validate that before that claim. Um Obviously, I think that Jeremy Harris and C.J. Massenburg also get drafted, but but good for Sierra Dillard. Yeah, she goes to a place with ties to a former WGR 550 worker, Minnesota Lynx. Matt Collar might see a lot of her. Ah, yes, that is very true. Second round, twentieth overall. Congrats to Sierra. She was a bulldog in the tournament too against UConn, coming back from a pretty tough yeah. leg injury. To keep UB relevant, I mean, at times, I'm not saying it looked doable against U against a powerhouse like UConn, but they they had a they had a pretty good fight there. They went down swinging, so congrats to her. Yeah, no, she the was, life blood. She was of that team. a game changer these last couple of years for UB. Mm-hmm. So it's awesome to see her getting drafted, go to Minnesota, second round pick, twentieth overall. I mean, they might have like that might be a value pick. Sierra Dillard averaged twenty five points per game this past season, second in the nation. Go get it, girl. Go whoop that ass. All right, we got to move. And well, this has been the Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer. Brent Curry, And Kyle Powell. Kyle Powell, the hater of people that try to get up to go to the bathroom during a movie. Yeah, come on. Come on, guys. Train your bladders. I mean, if it's really that bad, they give you a free cup. And on so. that note, later. See ya. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.